understands how winning that contract, holding that briefcase, can completely change your career, completely change your life. I don't see a contract in here. I see pancakes. Miss, you got flapjacked. Easy. There's no contract. Now keep looking under the pancake. Where's the contract? New day. New day. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Smart Mentality Podcast. As always, it's your boy, Old Damn Dell from Loop Love in Long Island. And I'm here with my homeboy, JD. What's happening, dog? Yo, yo, yo. And I, I definitely want to start with an apology for missing last week. Mm-hmm. But the stars <laughs> just weren't aligned. Like, we were going to do it. But, like, neither Raw or SmackDown was good enough that none of us wanted to talk about it. And it was ultimately just like, we'll, we'll get around to the good stuff next week. So sorry about that. But, you know, we back on it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, it, was, it was like a mixture of stuff, man. It was like, it was like you know, our work schedules was trash. Also, the episodes was like, we weren't, nothing great happened for us to be motivated, you know, enough to say, ah, yeah. let's figure it out, you know. But we, like you know, I had a top, yeah. I had a top three, but I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it really didn't matter. Yeah. But um, we're we're trying to make up for it this week though because we have a guest. Yeah, yeah, and it's act, it's an action-packed episode. We got a special guest in the building. What's up? We got my man Ben from the Overland Group. What's happening, dog? Hey guys, how's it going? Great to be here. Coming all the way at you from Seattle. Seattle, wow. Mm-hmm. Is, is the sun still out over there? Oh yeah, oh yeah! It's only seven twenty or whatever here. It's beautiful. Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's ten thirty over here. You know, it's, you see the drug dealers coming out right now outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, we got a, We got a great episode ahead of us. Uh, we're about to get into it, JD. Uh, where you want to start at? All right. So we we got a lot of stuff that happened over the past couple of weeks. But um, on Saturday, last Saturday, one of the reasons we didn't record last Saturday is because we went out to uh, Dave and Buster's because we wanted to watch the CM Punk fight. And we, you know, obviously, like every now and then we'll watch UFC. Um, You know, I've been trying to get into it a little bit more. But like we watched the last Punk fight, obviously, because we're fans of CM Punk. Like we, we followed his career. And we were, you know, we were pulling for him to do well. And we saw him get his ass beat by Mickey Gall. And, you know, it it was kind of, it was sad, but we were were like, you know, we're glad he did it because, you know, he's he's just going for something he enjoys, right? So a lot of time passed and now he was going to have his second fight. Uh, What is it? What is it? Mike Jackson or Uh, Mike Johnson? Mike Johnson. See, I always, I don't know. I know it's MJ, whatever. MJ. Mike Johnson. <laughs> but, but, um, 
pretty much this is uh, this guy also lost to Mickey Gall before they both had an 0 and yeah. one. So, we, you know, the 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 story was all oh, they both have you know pretty crappy records, but ultimately this probably would be a better fight for CM Punk as it's somebody that's not as experienced. Um, the guy they they mentioned you know somewhere before that the guy his full time job is a photographer. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So he like he he's also not a you know well not, not a fighter. He's been training, so you know what I mean. So he's also inexperienced, also. Yeah, like I, I think Jason David Frank, who's been you know uh, the the former Green Power Ranger, he's been saying that uh, he recorded his first fight. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, he was bigging him up. But either way, so we went to watch this fight. Um, you know, there was other good matches on the card or whatever. But unfortunately, CM Punk didn't fare too much better this time. He did a little bit better. He lasted. Um, he lasted the whole time. I've seen a lot of people yeah. bigging him up, like like Daniel Cormier. Uh, a lot of people, Mighty Mouse. Everybody really like you know showed him props for for lasting throughout the whole thing. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we was talking. I was like, yo, like, you watch fights on Worldstar. How long do they last? Like, 30 seconds. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, fights, like, in the fight don't last that while. long. Yeah. So. But, um, you know, ultimately, it's kind of sad because, like, he still didn't necessarily look too great. And um, I don't, I don't, did you see any of the fight, Ben? Or, like, did you, like, on, on Instagram or wherever, like, did you watch it live? Uh, I have seen literally none of it, so no, I heard <laughs> yeah. he got his ass beat. Because so yeah, yeah, because so yeah. so pretty much like just just for a light description, like the first round um, was semi-competitive, if you will. CM Punk kept throwing these spin kicks for some Dude, reason and leaving himself weird. completely he, it, open, and it was slow. Like yeah, it was like super slow spin kicks. No like if, if he really it. wanted to, he could have just like destroyed him like, like if it was a more seasoned him, yeah, fighter he could have rushed him and just bodied him um but like by the end of the first round cm punk was kind of spent and then uh the rest of the 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 matches was just him getting you know grappled to the ground and uh taking a whole bunch of hits and while we were watching the fight i thought that um is it it's Mike Johnson some shit yeah we, 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 yeah, we, yeah i keep for like call, like call call MJ, man just M- yeah. Okay. So I, I thought I thought MJ was like taunting him because he was like he would yeah. like look up towards the screen and he'd be making these faces and punching him slowly. Yeah. Uh, he allegedly he was looking for instructions, but um, it was it was kind of sad. Yeah. And Dana Dana White was pissed too. Dana White was more pissed at him yeah. than seeing Punk. Yeah, exactly. Like Dana oh, White yeah, was like you made, know made it look like uh, a mockery. Yeah, Dana White was like he he kind of gave seeing Punk's props. But also at the same time said, you know, he's done. Like he's like, you know, yeah. he's forty. You know, I gave him, I gave him a shot, I gave him two shots. You know, but you know, props to him because he he fought his heart out. He did all this and that. You know, he took it serious. Mike Johnson mm-hmm. in here, fuck that guy. That's basically what he said. Like <laughs> he said, he's done. <laughs> I, I fuck him. I'm over with him. You know, because he yeah, because he, um, he, he should have. Yeah. He said he basically should have fucked CM Punk up, but he didn't. He was playing around, so he was like, he's done with him. Yeah. Like uh, the the interview sent me with like and I if you're interested you should look it up on YouTube. But Joe Rogan, oh, yeah, Joe Rogan. he did a little yeah. where he talked about like the ramifications of you know stalling the fight for as long as they did and um, you know like essentially making a mockery out of the sport. And I think you said something about how like 
it really is kind of showing how CM Punk had like these top trainers for like two years or whatever and still comes out looking sloppy and inexperienced mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't a good look for the sport and, what, and you know, while was, you have what, what year was his first fight? How long ago was that? Twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen? I want to say, like, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it, I Listen, think it was. I'm, I'm all about hot takes, so I'm going to go ahead and say it was 2015. And, okay. <laughs> uh, but he was training for a year before that, so that was 2014. So from 2014 to 2018, uh, he, you know, he's had these high top-notch trainers or whatever, and they said he still looks trash. So yeah. Yeah, that's basically what Joe Rogan was saying. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of unfortunate. And it's like, as, as fa- you know, fans of CM Punk in wrestling, it's it's sad that uh, his post wrestling career has panned out the way it has. Um, one of my coworkers thinks that he's extremely depressed because he always looks like he's suicidal or whatever, just because of the, like the look in his eyes. But um, you know, I feel like CM Punk has way more willpower than that. He's just yeah. like he just looks. He that's just how he looks. <laughs> yeah. But um, ultimately, yeah. you know, I, I wonder what he's going to do now. Like, I know he's in the comics. I know he, you know, has been working on some of those. But, um, you know, obviously, I think wrestling's behind him. So I don't think we'll be seeing him back. But they, they say he's going to show up at All In. But, you know, we'll. Yeah. We'll I mean, after after the, the law, I don't know if he's even going to do that. But ben, when is All wait, In again? Uh, is, it, in, is it this weekend? Se- no, it's in September. September. Why am I thinking yeah. it was earlier? <laughs> nah. You know, no, you know what? Uh, I was mixing it up with because uh, there's a fighting game tournament where New Japan is going to be doing like some house show matches. Uh-huh. So that's probably what I was thinking about. Uh-huh. But anyway, we just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's, yeah. Let's, we can we can go ahead and switch topics because uh, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. CM Punk doesn't care about wrestling, so you know we don't want to waste too much time on him. Uh. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like, so so pretty much like the night before was a uh, New Japan Dominion, and uh, I remember last year was the first time I watched Dominion and it was dope, and I wanted to make sure I tried to squeeze in and uh, squeeze it in this year. Like I haven't been keeping up with New Japan as much as I wanted to, because there's just too much wrestling and not enough time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I've been kind of keeping, you know, an edge on the uh, on what's going on. And I know Ben, he always posts, you know, with like what the matchups are. So, like, by the time it, I, I get to these like tent pole events, I have an idea of who's been fighting who and what's been going on. But um, like, did you have any like expectations going into Dominion? Like what, what matches were you looking forward to the most? Uh, you know, for me, oh, God. Smacked my mic. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, for me, uh, I'm a huge New Japan fan. Like, it's my favorite company. Uh, it has been for, I don't know, the last three or four years now and stuff. And Dominion is their second biggest show of the year yeah. and stuff. So, I was, I was hyped. And the show on paper, the card, no, no filler on this show. The secret of New Japan, which isn't a secret if you actually watch it, is that. They have a lot of shows where it's like, okay, there's like two or three matches that you're looking forward to. And everything else is just undercard tags that are kind of whatever. You don't need to see them. This show, right. every single every single match was either a title match or it was in service to set up a future title match. So it's like, I was just hyped because it's a show. It's It was like a five and a half hour show or whatever. And every every part of it was worth watching. So Yeah. yeah. 
No, I agree. Like it definitely like I I was planning on watching it throughout the week because I know how long the show is, but I ended up watching it relatively fast. So that's kind of a testament to the pacing of the show. Um but yeah, like you you did mention there was a lot of title matches and I didn't realize, but yeah, like when I looked at the 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 picture of the card, I was like, damn, like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on and on top of that having like the Jericho um Naito match um that was wait was it Naito? Yeah, it was Naito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was dope because like they kind of planted seeds for that way back at um, you know, earlier this year. Um, but yeah, like there were there was a lot of good stuff on there, and I you know ended up like look when I looked at that card, I was like, yeah, this is this is definitely something I have to watch. But um, what about you, Kwame? Did, I mean, uh, Odell, did you see anything? Uh, or was there any match in particular you were looking forward to besides like Omega Okada? Um, I was looking forward to the Chris Jericho matches. Chris Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, like he, yeah, I, I just love his work. Yo, know? he just he's always trying yeah. to find a way to make something like you know dope. Like when he slaps Shawn yeah. Michaels' wife, like you know? <laughs> <laughs> punched her in the face. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, my uncle, he he he, we watched wrestling a lot when we were kids. And, um, but you know, growing up, you know, you kind of drift away from it. So me and him was just chilling one day, and the Access Channel is right next to ESPN. So we was flipping through the TV trying to get the ESPN, and then we, you know, we go to Access and New Japan is on, and I was like, oh snap, let's watch this real quick, you know. So me and him sat there and we watched, uh, we watched uh, what's his name, uh, Naito versus uh, Suzuki, and so that was, mm-hmm. you know, I was showing, I was telling, I was basically explaining to him like, yo, like. They they look like they really fighting in this ring, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, um, yeah. so I was like, oh, I think this is the match where, where Chris Jericho comes in. So you know, we sat, you know, he knows Chris Jericho also. So basically, I you know I put him on the news Japan, and now he likes it also now. So you know, he goes to YouTube, watch clips or whatever. So you know, it's, yeah. it's dope. But that was that yeah, was basically about- the one thing I was I was excited for. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. Like Jericho. I think over the last few years is becoming like he, he's ranking really high in my top five of all time, mm-hmm. my personal top five of all time, um, just for his consistency and his willingness to like just keep reinventing himself. Um, but yeah, either way, um, I, guess, I guess we could t- go into like, were there any standout matches that you weren't expecting to be as good? Like I, I know for you, Ben, like, like, you were excited for most of the matches on the card anyway. Um, <laughs> but we'd be here forever if we were going to talk about every match. But to be honest, like I like I, I could probably talk about most of the card anyway, just because it was so like generally good from top to bottom. Mm. Um, but was, was there any uh, like w- match from the earlier card that uh, really stood out to you? So the first couple matches were all pretty good, you know, but it was, it was kind of just uh, – you know, they're undercard matches and stuff. There was a couple tag matches to kind of set up future title matches mm-hmm. and stuff. And those were all good. They're all solid or whatever. Good yeah. way to start the card and stuff. The show really got up in, into next gear with the uh, Young Bucks versus uh, Evil Sonata match, I think. And yeah, that was... Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> that was an awesome... I thought that was an awesome match. Like, I was looking forward to it, but it was better than I was expecting it was going to be and stuff. The Young Bucks are the best... I think they're the best tag team going right now, and I think they have been for multiple years at this point, and they put in an awesome performance, and uh, it was great. I'm happy to see that they're now heavyweights. They're considered heavyweights in yeah. New Japan. Yeah, yeah. They go for the big true. boy titles. 
and now they have the big boy titles and stuff and it's it's just awesome uh yeah that, that was that was a great match um matt jackson just selling his back which he's which has been a it's been a storyline in the young bucks matches in new japan yeah since like, i remember it's I remember. like since like Wrestle Kingdom last year, like 2017, for like a year and a half, he's in these big matches. He's been selling his back, and it's just been a focal point. And he's incredible at it. It's it's hilarious how people who don't watch the Young Bucks are talking about they don't know they can't sell or whatever. They're spot monkeys or whatever and stuff. They are some of the best long-term sellers in the business right now. It's <laughs> I can't speak higher for like you. You go back and just watch their match between the young, uh, the golden lovers at the US, the new japan us show earlier this year for another example of that and stuff they're just they're uh, they're incredible right now and uh it was a great match between mm-hmm. them and uh evil and sonata who i thought were awesome as well but uh the whole time i was just thinking man damn young bucks fucking awesome yeah it was their time now like maybe you can explain something for me because like obviously i haven't been following as close but i know that um like there's been a lot of weird dissension with the Bullet Club and you know Kenny, uh, you know, like the Golden Lovers and the you know the Elite and like it's been like a weird like changing of the guard in terms of like who's aligned with who and stuff like that. So, um, like what exactly would you say? Like I, I'm assuming that like this match was like the the culmination of okay now, uh, the Young Bucks and you know Kenny Omega are you know, on the same page again, but like leading up to this, like, was there anything in particular that probably would have like helped out or, you know, story-wise at least? Well, it's interesting because I mean, the Kenny Omega's 2018 and the, and the Bullet Club's 2018 in general has just been the Bullet Club civil war storyline or whatever. And that's been going, (laughs) it's been going all year basically. Um, and stuff. And it's really, it's really Cody, Cody Rhodes is the one who has, is just the the fly in the ointment or whatever and just poking holes and everything and just trying to fuck everything right. up. Because he's an asshole. Cody's great. <laughs> great at being an asshole um, and stuff. And, um, yeah, like, it's interesting. I've, I've seen people say they think that this storyline has been stretched too long. But uh, yeah. I think that's kind of by virtue of how New Japan structures their their shows or whatever, where they just do, like, one big show every month or, or one or a couple shows every every month. And stuff, um, but this was really, in terms of the Bucks and Kenny reuniting, like they had their big blow-off thing at the U.S. show that I was just talking about uh, with them versus uh, Kenny and Ibushi, and that match was insane, crazy, and stuff. And then the Bucks were kind of reluctant to patch things over with Kenny and stuff. And then they win the titles here. They win the tag titles here from Evil and Sonata, and then. They finally come out at the end after Omega wins the title from uh, Okada and stuff, and then that was finally them being like, or Omega being like, I finally have my friends, I have the title and stuff. Like a a big yeah yeah the yeah. culmination of that a story. Big part of the storyline with Kenny in particular was him like, like he couldn't. Mm, I don't know. It's like he couldn't have won the title without the support of his friends. Like there's an amazing like we're I'm kind of just talking about the main event now or whatever yeah, but yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, i feel you amazing, i mean it's worth talking about <laughs> there's an amazing uh visual that i didn't notice at first was is when like right after he wins the title uh red shoes the referee goes to like hand him the title and he kind of like waves it away and goes to embrace the young bucks and stuff and that's really what it's all about for kenny it's about yeah, his yeah. friends who are support his friends and lovers who are supporting him and stuff and 
And now I, yeah, I just love the story, or I love the idea of Kenny with the with the heavyweight belt, the Bucks with the title belts, and him we got Abushi there, and it's like the gold. He calls it the Golden Elite, so it's the elite. Yeah, yeah which is a pretty Bucks. cool combination like, of the story. I like how you pulled oh. out the Styles Clash. That like, that was that was cool. Oh, that was one of my yeah. favorite spots in the in the match. It was crazy, and it's the the Japanese fans would go crazy for that match. It's yeah, awesome they were. Because... Oh, it's it's so good, and like it. I hate to compare to WWE because they really are both different. But mm. obviously, it's going to happen when you watch both. But the way that the crowd adds to those matches really does something, and it, it kind of puts you it puts other matches in WWE into perspective when you consider how dead they can be or how like when they try to hijack certain matches it really takes away from it Mm -hmm. because rather than like you know the the crowd has the ability to to add to a match and i think wwe crowds are really aware of that however when they you know abuse their power so to speak yeah it ends up you know destroying what could be great so you know, a, a lot of those, you know, sometimes when WWE does go for those moments that are hype like that and they fall flat, it's because, you know, the, the crowd is either hijacking it or they're throwing beach balls or, the, you know, it's just a, they're in the wrong town where people don't care about the match or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas like here, you could, it was a, in obviously this was like a high profile pay-per-view where people would care, but, you know, it was a, you know, like you said, it was an example where like, you know, they popped at the right moments and they were like, you know, they were heating up, you know, periodically throughout the, you know, which was a long match. The thing about um, the Styles Clash, which is crazy, is that Styles wrestled his last match in that company on January 5th, 2016. That's two and a half years ago. And yet yeah, all yeah. Kenny's got to do is put him in that position and the crowd knows exactly what move he's going for. Exactly. Yeah, and they yeah. did such an amazing job when Styles was there of building it out, building it up as like a death move and stuff that they just go nuts for it even though he, Styles hasn't been in the company for two and a half years. It's it's yeah, great. It shows exactly. how how much uh, the Je- the Japanese fans actually pay attention and how much New Japan is willing to give you these callbacks for from years from years ago and go you you better be paying attention because because we're going to be referencing this stuff or whatever and so that's some of the stuff that i love about new japan yeah like, like yeah if, nah, if, i agree if titus o'neill pulled out the whole train on wwe i don't think it'll get a pop you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> just be like what it's like the whole train like you just be <laughs> no but i mean like every now and then that does happen i mean like when you get you know when when kevin owens brought out the stunner, the stunner like that yeah. was crazy. That was cool. But that I was, mean, like, yeah. it doesn't happen too often. Like, I feel like in WWE, it happens on house shows more than anything. But, um, you know, you, you like, it, they have the potential to do that. I just think they have to pick their spots, you know. Like, they could do it at Mania. They could do it at, you know. The right wrestler has to do it as well. Because if, like, if, if Roman Reigns did it, I think people would be mad. Like, if he pulled out the rock bottom. But, you know, <laughs> if somebody else that people like did it like if ricochet did it then people would be hype but mm. um but yeah like the, the main event i guess since we're talking about it we might as well just talk about it. like well one of the elements that i really liked about this main event and the last time that they um they fought that i could remember at least was that the element of like how how much they're putting their all into these moves to the point where they try to do a move and then they'll just collapse so I think yeah. in the first 
first match, Kenny collapsed when he tried to do the V trigger. Was it? Like, I forgot what it was exactly that he tried to do where he collapsed. But here, like um, Okada collapsed when he tried to do the, the Rainmaker, and that uh, was crazy. I, I don't know which match it was, uh, but Okada was trying to do the Rainmaker on Kenny, and Kenny collapsed, and he just like oh, that's yeah, that's and Okada went yeah. flying to the ropes. <laughs> that, yeah, that was one of that was one of my favorite spots of that match. The the, the 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 mini match from last year or whatever yeah because okada was, yeah. sells it like he's putting his, 110 yeah, percent like, like into hitting it like this, fucking, this. <laughs> yeah and he's and he's he misses it and he sells it like death because it's in it's in like the 50 50 minutes into this crazy hour-long match or something and stuff and of course that would take it out of it he wants to win it it, it just drives home how much he wanted to win at that moment and it just destroyed him because he he missed and there was a great callback in this match which is the same thing where he was just so exhausted he tries to hit kenny with the rainmaker and he hits it this time but he's just but so he, dead that kenny doesn't power. even fall over it was like crazy. it's so it's so anime but it's so good like oh I love yeah that shit. i love it <laughs> that's that's the secret of new japan if you like anime watch new japan because yeah, exactly. uh, yeah it's, it's great <laughs> And I, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead real quick. You know, I want to stay right here. But also, like, fighting games. If you love fighting games, I think New Japan is, like, the perfect place. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that. After after we talk yeah. about New Japan, we can talk about the uh, the E3 thing, too, because that was awesome. But, um, other like, you know, since we, we didn't talk about the main event, but I did want to bring up a couple of other matches that I was impressed by. Like um, I, I really liked the uh, Zack Saber Jr. and Suzuki versus um, Yano and Ishii mm -hmm. because I really like I think ever since I first started watching New Japan matches I've always liked watching Suzuki and Ishii because they just are like big burly hard hitting motherfuckers yeah. that'll just like try to chop you in half with their bare hands. And like, I love when they have those like power struggles against each other. Like like Suzuki just looks like like his his whole aura, like his whole getup, like just the black chunks, the 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 Mike Tyson sneakers or whatever, and like his whole aura just looks like I'm I'm a fighter. I will fuck you up. Like that's yeah. like I feel like I feel like he would fuck like I feel like he would fuck up most of the people in WWE. Like character yeah. wise, like I feel like he wouldn't be scared the of haircut, anybody. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you see him at you seen the picture of him at WrestleMania with the Budweiser. I think so. I think so. <laughs> like he's like a legit badass. Like 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 this is dope. <laughs> I know I saw people saying that Braun Strowman when he found the fucking kid or whatever at Mania or whatever, people were being like, Suzuki was in the crowd. You could have had Suzuki as your <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. Oh my god. See now I'm gonna see at that. Oh man. Yeah. Suzuki and Braun Strowman team. Braun Strowman oh, joins Suzuki that, gun. That, Sign that, me up. Oh I'm my in. god. <laughs> That'd be dope. You wanna you wanna get people to watch again then do something crazy like that. That would be crazy. But um but yeah, I really enjoyed that and on top of that, like like it's been a while since I watched the Cruiserweight Classic, but like Zack Saber Jr. is wait, was it the Cruiserweight Classic that he was on? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was. Classic. So like Zack Saber Jr. is is like he he's one of those wrestlers that I know is extremely talented, but like if I don't watch him for a while yeah. and then I see him, I underestimate him because he's so slender. I I. But, in the beginning, I hated Zack Sabre Jr. I was like, man, I'm tired of watching this match. I was like, this, he's not, I was like, he's just like twisting and turning them and ugh. it was just annoying me. But now, I don't know what it is now. I guess because he's a dickhead or something like that. I don't know. It's like, 
I don't. I just love it now. I don't know. Not like the the way like it, every time I see him in action, it reminds yeah. me why I do like him. Yeah. And it's just been like it's been a while since I watched the Zack Saber Junior match, but it was like this this dude like he really lives up to his reputation, and it, it was good to be reminded. Yeah. What he can do. He's been he's been on fire this year and actually all of last year and stuff and uh, like it's crazy to think about that like pe- like it's it's come out like I don't know people have said there's been rumored or, or I don't know I don't know that like he was offered a contract for uh, WWE like from the news or the Cruiserweight Classic and he turned them down and stuff and people have gone what what how do you turn down a contract from WWE I feel like that's the best move that he could have made ever or whatever he is one of the he is one of the hottest stars on the indies he's he tells titles all over the world he now has a full-time contract in new japan the second biggest company in the in the world or whatever like he main evented um their uh, april show against okada and stuff and he's just he's just showing people how he's he's an awesome wrestler i love i love zach saber jr i was gushing about him uh earlier this year when he was he went on his new japan cup run and just tapped out, uh, like Ibushi, like, yo, everybody, Naito, like, like everybody, tapped out everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Tanahashi. He was yo. just, he was tapping out everybody and just putting them, like the thing I like about him is that he does things that like a lot of a lot of wrestlers kind of just like okay, I'm just gonna put you in this submission and this is the submission and there's yeah. no like in between like Zack Saber Jr. just kind of like twists and does finds any opportunity to to do things that look pain or that are painful and look painful and his shit yeah, does exactly. look painful even though he's this tiny dude it's like i don't want to get tied in knots by this dude dude that looks <laughs> that looks like it hurts yeah. like hell i love uh, it. Make, it it definitely makes him stand out and it's like it's fun to watch too because a lot of the time he'll break out like you said like he he makes the most out of like submissions in general and a lot of people just go for the basics or you know like every now and then you have somebody who breaks out something interesting but he's always trying to do something interesting because that's his thing so he, he just finds ways to excel at it and it makes it you know dope when he pulls things and, out and he taps out guys with a bunch of different moves like it's not like he has yeah, like a yeah. one one yeah, submission exactly. thing i like i like it it's just like whatever submission he can find that works in that case that's what he's going to use to tap you out it's really yeah. cool. It's like when you make a creator wrestler and that's supposed <laughs> to be like a spe- like a, a submission guy, so you just give him everything. <laughs> it's like that's what he <laughs> that's him pretty much. Yeah. Um just to talk about Suzuki and Ishii for a second. Um they so Ishii um uh I think it was at WrestleMania weekend a couple week a couple months ago, he beat Zack Sabre Jr for the uh rev pro title with rev pro yeah. is a company in uh england um who is partnered with new japan stuff so he has their top title. ishii has a top title right now um and i don't think it's been announced or anything but i mean suzuki was pretty upset and getting in ishii's face and just beating the shit out of him like after the match happened at, yeah, here yeah at, that at was crazy stuff so it seems pretty clear that they're setting up an ishii versus um suzuki mm-hmm match for the rev pro title i don't know if that'll happen in rev pro in new japan maybe at the new japan does have a u.s show coming up here soon i would think it would happen in rev pro i don't know but the point is that um how can you not be fucking psyched about that match Um, like their interactions in this tag match and in the tag match uh they had a tag match uh last or uh, during the u.s show back in march um 
and they were just beating the shit out of each other. And they've only had I looked I looked this up. They've only had one singles match between the two of them, and it was back in 2013. Mm-hmm. So like I'm chopping at the bit for that match because they they have awesome chemistry together. Like when they just yeah, trade. They're trading forearms, and they're just trying yeah, to do the loudest uh, forearms possible. It's disgusting, but it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is up with these dudes, man? Like, they're, yeah. pre- they're clearly both insane, but I yeah. love them for it. So I'm psyched yeah. to watch it. I agree. <laughs> um, before we move on, I did want to mention the uh, the Osprey-Takahashi match because I really enjoyed yes. that. Um, I, I heard that they had a match before this that was like even better. Like I remember Dave Meltzer rating a match that Takahashi had that was supposed to be like extremely good. I don't know if it was against Osprey or not, but um, I so like basically, I, you know, I know that Takahashi has been on fire lately and Will Osprey, he's, he's my dude. So I wanted to see um, this match and I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, they um they like Osprey. Osprey might have the wrestler of the year of this year like locked in right now. I I think he's in the he's in the contention. Like he's literally like I was I was I'm a huge nerd, so I was working with my match of the year list or whatever a yeah, couple yeah. weeks ago and stuff. And I'm like, shit, dude, I got like I got like eight Will Osprey matches in the top like 20 that's, or something. That's like that's guy, yo, Will Ospre- that's crazy. Yeah, he he's on an amazing run or whatever, and this run specifically as um, the junior junior champion, he's just been having awesome matches. Like he had he had a match. Well, he had, he won it at the four way in at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Between cool. uh, against him between Kushida, Marty Scurll, and Takahashi, and then since then he's defended in singles matches against all all three of those guys, um, cool. and stuff. And um, Takahashi is just is awesome. Like he. Um, he just won the to set up this match. He won the best of the Super Juniors champion or uh, a tournament, sorry. Um, and that's basically like the G1 tournament, but for the juniors. Yeah. And right. Stuff. And he he was MVP. I think he's by far the MVP of the tournament. He was having incredible matches every single night. And the final against a guy Taiji Ishimori was one of my favorite matches of the year. It was incredible. So yeah, yeah going that was into probably this, the one he was talking about. Yeah, that is a match. Uh, it highly, I would highly recommend see, seeking that out for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's in terms of just fast-paced junior action. Oh, uh, and it got me just so psyched to see um, this match between him and Osprey. And I thought it was an awesome match. Both guys bring an excellent sense of uh, danger to their matches, um, which is kind of scary at some parts because will osprey has has taken some bumps this year that i'm like dang dude how are you not breaking your neck right now you're insane uh and i don't know people like to talk about oh who knows how long he'll be wrestling he's gonna end up in a wheelchair i hate to talk about that stuff personally because i think it's i think it's shitty to speculate over a person potentially getting seriously injured i don't know that's just how I feel about it. But still, you know, it's hard not to think about that stuff when Will Ospreay is botching Spanish flies on the apron and landing right on his head. Yeah, that was head. nasty, man. I, I saw that one, man. That was that was nasty. That was gnarly. And I don't want to see. I don't like. I don't want to see him hurt or do anything. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he's putting he's putting on incredible matches. And him and him and Takahashi, I think, yeah, they they have great chemistry together. And I, I thought this match was awesome. It was, it was, I don't know, probably my second favorite match on the show besides the main mm-hmm. event. I'd say yeah, I really I like I really liked um 
Jericho Naito just because oh yeah that was that was cool too yeah like that was, like I had yeah yeah just because it was so different from most other New Japan like Jericho brings such an element of just chaos and just craziness to him and to New Japan that I is really unique um, so it's between that and Osprey Takahashi for my second favorite match on the show for sure yeah. Like Jared, like uh, you know, I definitely got to give uh, Jericho a shout out just because, like, like like we said, like Jericho is always finding ways to do something interesting. And you know, when you listen to his podcast, he always talks about how you know when he comes back, like when he likes to when he returns places, he never wants to do exactly the same thing. He always wants to keep it fresh, um, and he knows what he does well, and he knows what he can do well. at, you know, especially since he's older, um, but he he plays such a like interesting character that is so different from what he was doing just last year on WWE but it works and it works so well and it's like you believe it even though you just saw him wanting to be Kevin Owens best friend like not too long ago like you're watching Jericho with face paint and he's being a dickhead and cursing at everybody and like you know it's but it, it works and you know i just i, I like that element cuz um, he, like you said, he does bring something slightly more, I guess, Western to uh, New Japan. Or is it Eastern for them? I don't know. But he brings something different to uh, to New Japan that is, is a little bit more of that WWE influence, which I know that they like over there because, like, clearly, like, obviously, New Japan and WWE do their own things, but you know, I feel like both influence each other in certain ways. And I feel like, um, you know, the, like the, um, like Chato and Gato, like they are, you know, always looking for inspiration and they do get inspiration from WWE, like regardless of what you think of the quality of it. Um, and I feel like doing things like this help bridge that gap and, and they do it in their own way, which makes it, you know, it just adds a different flavor to their shows. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I felt this match between him and Naito, it felt like a it felt like a good like attitude era brawl or something. Like it was right. just it was just crazy. Like it just had a sense of violence or whatever. And Naito like got his like eye got busted open. I thought he had like yeah, ruptured oh, that was his, nasty. It was gross. Uh-huh. It, I was just like, yeah. oh, Naito, no. Get, ugh. It was gross and he's like pile driving Jericho onto a table outside those flimsy Japanese tables which are yeah, garbage, I, but, uh... I, hate, I hate watching people take bumps on the Japanese tables and with the t- Japanese chairs because I'm like, those chairs do, like, they, it's just, because I'm so programmed to think that, like, the WWE stuff is, like, clearly programmed to break a certain way or, you know, like, the, their chairs are the way they are because they, they curve a certain way. So it's like, it sounds like it hurts, but it doesn't hurt as much as it looks. Whereas, like, the Japan ones look like, they are sturdy and like just weird and if they break then something is going wrong like you know what i'm saying <laughs> in the amount of times i've seen guys like just get like lacerated on their body because they take a table bump bump wrong in new japan it's just crazy i'm just like yeah i just have to shake my head at that but you know it adds a real sense of just crazy yeah. violence to the matches so it adds to it no doubt exactly like you can't be mad at that but um like uh, Odell, did you have any other like last uh, opinions on the show? Any matches that stood out to you, or wrestlers, or whatever? Um, not really. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get to watch the entire thing, but um, for the most part, 
uh, I do want to get into like the the match ratings, um, because I, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a little I'm a little confused at some things. So you know we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, pretty much like so we we talked about the Omega and Okada match already, and um, it was interesting because you know people like you know wrestling fans who like to follow the ratings that Dave Meltzer gives to certain ma- high profile matches and. Uh, he, you know, broke his scale. Um, was it last year? Yeah, yeah when, it was for, uh, the, for the first Okada Omega yeah, match. Yeah, so the first Wrestle Okada Kingdom. Omega match, and you know that, that broke, you know, a lot of headlines in the wrestling community. And since then, there's been a few uh, matches that have ascended the five star rating. But this one not only ascended it, but it kind of smashed it with the seven star. Because if I'm not mistaken, he pretty much said that he can't think of a match that he's seen that is better than this match, and he can't imagine any match being better than this one. So he went as far as to give it seven stars out of five. And I just thought that he was kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little, but... Like and I'm like I don't want it to sound like I'm hating on the match because I think that he went too far rating it seven stars because like I do think that that match is like you know one of the the best matches I've seen this year if not the best or you know like it's up there you know and, and especially when you consider the storytelling the 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 history going into it the outcome the and the, like just you know all the spots that we mentioned and stuff like that um, the people in the match or whatever but. Like is the seven star thing like would you say that it's an overstatement or is is it justified? It's interesting because I I think this is the I, this is my favorite of the Okada Omega matches. There's yeah, the fourth yeah, match, so. and this is my, this is my favorite, um, just because of the history, like all the callbacks to the previous matches. Like it like by virtue of that, the first match could not have been as good as this because it just didn't have that history to of their yeah, exactly. of their matches to call to call on and stuff um but even though that like it, it's weird because i would have given the previous okada omega matches five stars or whatever like mm-hmm. perfect rating or whatever like i don't think they're perfect matches i don't believe in a perfect match i don't believe that's what giving a full scale yeah, rating yeah. is just means it's it's a transcendent match it's an it, that everybody should watch and stuff and because i think this one is better then those like do like what do I do? Do I give it five stars again and just like is it weird to have them be the same rating even though I think this one is clearly better than them? Or do I have to re- retroactively go back and be like no those are those ones are only four point five stars or whatever and stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I understand his compulsion to break the scale. I don't know the Meltzer ratings are are interesting. I, I always find them interesting from just kind of like a wrestling trivia standpoint. And I, I use them for recommendations. Like if Dave rates a match that I think I might like and he gives it something high, I'm going to go, oh, okay, I'm going to watch it. But I also think the the breaking the scale thing is kind of him, is somewhat him poking fun at people that put way too much stock in, in his ratings. Yeah. Like I think there's tons of people who think about his ratings way more than he does okay like he has said multiple times that the rating is just kind of like his gut reaction after the match is going oh yeah. that's five stars seven stars or whatever especially because uh, like and I, I feel like that you know we both of us follow gaming and stuff like that and it's like when you see review like reviews for literally anything it's really like there's elements of personal enjoyment there's elements of you know critique and whatnot 
And but you know, at the end of the day, like for wrestling especially, the the ratings are just to let you know like how much this is, you know, how good of a match this is, then like a rec for a recommendation. So if he feels like it's that good, then that just means that he he liked it that much, you know, it's, and it doesn't really take away from, you know, anything else or whatever, but it's just a matter of like, you know, it, it gets his highest recommendation. He wants to make it definitive about that. But, you know, I, I know a lot of people like to swear by the, the Meltzer ratings and like, that's why every time like a match comes out that gets these high ratings, there's always like a, a what culture or cultaholic, they'll, they'll do a video like, Oh my gosh, Meltzer said this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but I mean, ultimately, like, I guess the star ratings are just, you know, they're just there to let you know, hey, watch this match. Yeah, that's that's basically what I look at it as, because you know, I like you mentioned gaming and all that. Um, like, I don't I don't like watching reviews for like movies until I've seen it myself, because um, I don't want to, I want to like kind of sway me, but. For some reason, like with wrestling, like if I if I hear that this match got that type of star rating, I'm like, okay, I gotta check this out. I gotta see what the fuss is about, you know. So when he when he gave it a seven, I was like, wait, I was like, I'm trying to understand something. Like, wait, where, where is he going with this? But then when you said that he, you know, basically is like y'all paying too much stock into these numbers, you know, and I was like, okay, that kind of that makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, you got worked into a shoot a little bit, but. And which happens all the time. It's interesting because, like, I I wonder how much of it is him just thinking that this wrestling is better than anything that has come before it or whatever. Like, he rated tons of Japanese matches in the 90s and stuff, uh, five stars. All, yeah. all Japan. I like, was, Mitsuhar- I was just Mitsuhar Misawa. Dora Masawa got like nine, tw- 27 or twenty-seven or something five-star matches in the nineties and stuff. So I was wow. I was just looking at uh his list, right? You know, because I was like, let me check this out real quick. He gave one in nineteen ninety-four at All Japan a six-star, and I was like, yeah. okay. I was like, I haven't even heard of this match. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, was like I gotta check this out. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just interesting. Like I wonder how much he's just kind of pushing back of going, be like, man, I really think this is the best wrestling that is like I've ever seen, but I've I've gotten to the I, I've reached the tip of my scale years ago. I reached it 30 years ago when I was giving matches five stars. So I think he's I, I I think part of it is just him trying to say, I know you guys love all this old wrestling and I loved it too, but I think this is legit as good as wrestling has been or whatever and stuff. And I think there's merit to that. Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting topic, talking point. Yeah, about. definitely. But I mean, regardless of the Meltzer rating, the match was incredible and the event in general was totally worth watching. Like I said, like it went by super fast compared to what I thought it was going to. Yeah. So I, I definitely, if you have him, um, you should definitely watch it. Um, I think it, I but, think it was better than this year's uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, if I actually think so too. Story. I agree. I, yeah. I totally agree because, like, I'm not gonna lie. Like when I watched Wrestle Kingdom this year, I was slightly underwhelmed and not like you know there was good matches on the card that I really enjoyed, but I felt like um, a lot of the undercard stuff what didn't really come across or what wasn't as exciting as I expected. Because usually one of two things either happens. I, I'll catch on to the story because you know the commentary will kind of fill me in on why what the match matters or 
the in-ring action will be so high octane that you know not knowing the story doesn't you know you know kind of makes up for it uh, with the in-ring action but you know like the the undercard kind of was a little on the safe side and it wasn't bad wrestling but it was just like okay that's fine but it, it kind of made it a little bit uh, more of a slog until you got to the the main event matches like the the matches on the higher up on the card but a uh, dominion for me was like you know from from the beginning like, like even the the undercard stuff was fun to watch and um you know when, when you started getting to the really good stuff it was just like holy crap like this is this is crazy yeah, I thought I thought the I thought it was a more consistent show all around, and I thought it peaked higher than uh, yeah. than Wrestle Kingdom did. Um, just because you mentioned commentary, real quick, did you guys watch with the English commentary? Yeah, I watched the yeah. English commentary. Did you, how did you? I, I wa- I'm a I'm a weeb or whatever, so I watch with Japanese commentary, <laughs> um, and stuff. I just enjoy hearing the guys freak out in Japanese, um, and stuff. But uh, how do you guys think? It was was Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, I think, is who does it. Um, how how do you guys think of the commentary? Like I, I pretty much thought that they were good. Like they they got the points of a lot of the matches across. Um, they didn't really get in the way. Like you know, for me, you know, like it, it's kind of a nice refresher going from WWE to that because like sometimes you're watching a match and they're not saying too much. Or they they'll only speak when they really need to. And going from like wwe where i feel like they try to say too much and they just end up sounding super corny yeah um it was it was refreshing but um yeah like i, I felt like they they told the stories well especially like in the main event like, like oh, one of the things you mentioned about like him pushing red shoes out the way and just embracing them they got that across in the commentary and it, made, it kind of made me realize that you know how special that moment was but not not for the championship but for the friendship that you know, the, the with the Young Bucks and, you know, with Kota Bushi, like, I felt like the, you know, it kind of helped me understand that storyline a little bit better as someone who hasn't followed it super close. That's good. You know, like I, like I said, I've watched the Japanese commentary, but, you know, I'm always wanting, I'm always, turn, I'm always trying to turn people on to watching New Japan more. So hearing that the English commentary, which is what people will go for more often, then it's good to hear. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, cause I, I definitely get the appeal of watching Japanese commentary, cause I think I've watched a, a few of the events in Japanese commentary, and it's super hype. Um, but you know, obviously, just the like, I, I do it mainly just for the story fill-ins, cause, you know, obviously, like, I'm not watching it as much. But, um, yeah, I thought they did a good job, definitely. Cool. Yeah. The the only the only thing is, it's like. But whenever they play like New Japan on Access or whatever, so like if you don't have if you don't watch it online or or, or watch it on New Japan World and hear Don Callis and, and, and Kelly or whatever, you're gonna hear Jim Ross who messes everybody names up. You know, mm. it, it, it's mad. It's mad annoying sometimes. It's just <laughs> so I, you know, if if you're gonna watch the uh, English commentary. I know we love Jim Ross. Don't watch. Don't watch the Access version, man. It's, 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 yeah. gonna, it's gonna piss you off. They don't hit on none of the. They don't hit none, none of the important points. Like it's it, it, it's annoying. Yeah, that stuff is a bummer. Like I wish yeah. they could just use the uh, New Japan commentary team for the Access show and whatever. Because like you said, we all love, everybody loves Jr. But you know he does. He's not. Nice. He's not as in on the pro- on the product. Yeah, He's yeah. not uh, as up and up on it. He doesn't know it as well. And he, you know, he's getting up there in age, um, and stuff. And yeah, it's a bu- it's a bummer. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, um, 
Well, I, I but anyway, so... I was say, I guess we can... Move on, yeah, because, uh, like, I, I guess we can piggyback off of that and just briefly mention. So, um, basically, uh, Xavier Wood, like, aside from the Omega Okada story that's been going on for about a year, we've also had a, an, another story that's been going on in Street Fighter, and it's been going on for a couple of years. So, I, I don't know, I, I know you play some fighting games, Ben, but... Like, uh, I don't know how closely you follow the fighting game community and watch, like, fighting game tournaments and stuff like that. But basically, I, I think two years ago, Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods, they had an exhibition match. So there's a fighting game tournament called CEO, and it's like a wrestling-themed fighting game tournament where they have, like, you know, exhibition fighting game matches in a cage sometimes or... Mm-hmm. Like they'll like they've done that before in the past where it's like they'll they'll just have like a match but it's in a cage for no reason and yeah, they, they yeah, like yeah. They'll, they'll come out to entrances yeah, and like yeah it's like their main events are set up in a wrestling ring and stuff like that and it's because you know uh, Jabali who's the the runner of that tournament he's a big wrestling fan so he likes to cross over the stuff but basically it kind of came to a head when Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods decided to show up. And they were calling each other out on Twitter, like talking, you know, like obviously stage, but they were calling each other out to have a match in Street Fighter. And people didn't think it would actually happen because, you know, Kenny's in New Japan and Xavier Woods is in WWE. But then they ended up having this dream match in Street, but it was in Street Fighter. And Kenny Omega won because, like, Kenny Omega is actually good at Street Fighter. Like, but actually, both, I'm not going to lie, both of them are good at Street Fighter, both of them know how to play. But Kenny Omega, I would say, is a few notches above. Like, if you if they were actually like going at full strength, because Kenny Omega, like he he plays against professionals all the time. He has like a, a lot of training partners who are high level, you know, Japanese and Korean players, and he, you know, is always grinding online. Whereas like Xavier Woods, he plays every now and then, but he's always doing other stuff. So like they're both competent. They they both know what they're doing. But Kenny Omega is kind of like the the actual player of the two. But yeah. regardless, um, so like Kenny Omega won that first match, and then they had a run back the next year where Xavier Woods won. But I, like I forgot exactly what the uh, circumstances were. Like I don't, I don't remember because I, I don't know. I'm just kind of drawing a blank. But somehow Xavier won. So this year at E3, they decided to have like the the culmination of this. So it was Kenny Omega, you know, and he, he's been calling out Xavier Woods again, and then they decided to go at it at E3, um, which is, you know, Electronic Entertainment Expo, for those who don't know. It's like, you know, gaming-themed uh, announcements and stuff like that. But they had a team battle, so they have a mode in Street Fighter where you could have, like, you know, multiple players, and you kind of pair them up. So it was the New Day versus the Elite. So like it got to, it got enough press to the point where even WWE was to, was like putting out press releases saying hey like the elite is gonna fight the new day and here's Kenny Omega he used to work for us at one point and you could watch his match here on the WWE network and like it was just crazy because yeah. I'm like wow like they did whole like YouTube videos and everything about it very surreal. Yeah. Weird yeah, stuff. Super wild. <laughs> and it's like the like like just before we even get into the match, like the things like this really make me respect and like I've always respected Xavier Woods, but I feel like he 
and I, you know, I made a post about this before, but I was like, I feel like Xavier Woods is like one of the most like uh, valuable assets that modern day WWE has because he's doing a great job of expanding WWE's reach beyond just their normal fan base as well as doing well in ring with their characters and in the matches because like you know for a while people were like oh Xavier Woods he's just the manager but then he go- he goes in the matches and then he does crazy stuff and he has great spots and he has great moments he knows how to sell he knows that like like I think it, for a lot of people uh, they forgot, like, who who had forgot how good he can be in the ring. Yeah. I feel like the matches with the Usos really put him on the map. Yeah, especially, especially that the, cage match. That Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that was, what it was. Hell in a Cell, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I feel like he's really one of his most valuable assets. And the, the fact that he can bridge the gap with another company and, like, one of the most popular wrestlers in the world right now, Kenny Omega... And he could do it on a platform that doesn't necessarily interfere with WWE, but allows them to plant seeds. Like it, it's just a, a really cool thing. So it's like you know you gotta give credit where credit is due, and it, it's dope that you know Kenny's cool enough, and like they were able to establish this like brotherhood over you know video games and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like did you did you manage to see any of that, or like do do you have any thoughts about it, Ben? Uh, I didn't get a chance to see um, the the actual match uh, that they had because I was in uh, I was visiting a friend this whole last week in Phoenix or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I just I think it's awesome. Like I love seeing any collaboration between guys in major companies like that. I, I think it's just good for wrestling in general. Like I think it's bad for wrestling when WWE is like there's only WWE and there's nothing else. We don't acknowledge anything else. Yeah. I think that's bad for wrestling. So this yeah, kind of stuff is awesome, and it's cool because I'm a bit like I, I'm not big on um, fighting games, mostly because I suck at them. Um, <laughs> but don't worry, we all do. <laughs> but like, even really if you co- think you're good, you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's really cool to see, yeah, like two of my favorite hobbies and passions uh, getting combined in that way um, and stuff, and it's just really fun. I love I love Xavier Woods and what he's done with his up, up, down, down, uh, channel and everything. I think it's really cool. And I agree with you completely that he's a huge asset to their thing, just growing their, growing the, getting awareness on WWE in, in spaces that they were not, um, exposing themselves to normally, like in the gaming scene, pro, pro, uh, pro fighting scene and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah. So, like, basically what happened is, like, they started off with a team battle and, uh, you know, Kofi had to fight um, one of the Young Bucks. I can't remember which one, but uh, Kofi won. And then uh, Kenny went down and he was uh, set to face Big E and he destroyed Big E. And then he shitted on Big E. Which is which is fair, you know. But then, uh, but then Xavier went and beat the last, uh, the you know, the other young buck, and it was so. That, so then they started, but they like it was cool because they they were they kind of built up this match like a wrestling match, like there was wrestling yeah. psychology thrown like, into they was talking the entire shit on the build. Mic. Of the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like right. you know, like after every match they would cut a promo on each other, 
and you know a lot of fighting game players are into the wrestling scene so they had like some some of like the, the people on commentary like they knew what was up and they knew like what was going on and they knew how to kind of add their own flavor to the, this feud that was building up but pretty much like they built up this story that Xavier ducked Kenny and that the match with that like that really should have been going on was between Kenny and Xavier but Xavier was just trying to duck him because he know he couldn't beat uh, knows he couldn't beat Kenny so uh Xavier end up uh ended up challenging or accepting Kenny's challenge but only if they did something crazy so he was like oh put your your titles on the line because like they all had the new Japan titles but then Kenny was like well I'm not going to put these titles on the line because you guys don't have any for us to take and everybody went crazy but then they were like okay and then they they ended up doing it you know like a, you know just a stupid bet like you know well I'll eat I'll eat two habanero peppers or we'll all eat like peppers if we lose or whatever um, which is something that they do on Up Up Down Down, which kind of ties into his whole YouTube channel. But um, so they start having the matches, but then Kenny was like, "Okay, I'm only going to use Cody, who's a brand new character who's not out um, yet." Like they had an early uh, build with Cody, and uh, Kenny Omega's favorite character is Cody, so they let him use him. But since he's not out, like you know, he doesn't really have too much experience. But I don't know exactly what in, what went into this because like i don't know if how they staged this or if they staged it at all but if you ask me if they staged it i will say yes because they they built up the 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 tension in this match almost too perfectly because what they did was a first to five so the first to five wins so they started off the first to five um with xavier woods and he gets two wins over kenny and then Xavier Woods cut a promo on Kenny, and Kenny got upset, and he actually had the Young Bucks kick the the guy who was announcing the whole thing, <laughs> which was hilarious. And then Kenny got a win, and then he got another win right afterwards. So it got up to 2-2. And then Xavier got one, and then Kenny got... I think yeah, Xavier. Got, yeah, no, Xavier, because Xavier was up three two, and then Kenny yeah, got yeah, two yeah. more. Yeah, and then, yeah, Kenny got two more, and then Xavier got one, and then it went down to the last game, last round, and then I mean, uh, then Omega was able to pull it off, but it was just crazy because, like, in fighting games, like if you really, like, it's it's kind of oh, hard. You to forgot. You forgot. To you forgot the super kick. <laughs> No, no, no. I, well, I, I mentioned oh. it like lightly, oh, you, but sorry, yeah, like sorry, they yeah. kicked um, like like the guy who was uh, sorry, announcing. Yeah. Or I, I forgot what his name was. Um, well, I know his name, but I forgot what his title was or whatever. He's he was kind of just like the hype man on stage or whatever. But yeah, he had the young buck super kick him, and you could find that on on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, like an archive um, yeah, clip. But it was pretty my hilarious. Bad. I didn't I didn't hear you say it, but yeah, he, he was, they was like he was playing favorite, so they super kicked the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> it was mad funny. But um, it was cool because, like, eventually Kenny Omega won. And then, uh, the, like, the best part was actually after the match because after Kenny won, uh, Xavier was was like, okay, well, all of us have to eat one chili pepper, but 
this isn't my friend's fault. It's my fault because I'm the one who accepted this challenge. So I'm going to eat these peppers. And Xavier Woods hates hot peppers. Like based on his up, up, down, down channel, like he hates hot stuff. Like he can't stomach it. It makes him cry. It makes him throw up. But he was like, I'm going to do this because this is my friend. This is my fault, not my friend's fault. So he ate two peppers and he was like convulsing on the stage and about to throw up and stuff. And then Kenny was like, OK, well, since you did that, if you think you're tough, I'll eat, you know, I'll match you because I'm tough, too. So he had one and then he was like trying to body it. But he started like having a reaction to it, too. And it got kind of awkward because like. Kenny's trying to cut a promo while he's like he's got like spit coming out of his mouth because like he's convulsing from a hot pepper <laughs> and but you know he's like oh you you know you're not so tough I could do this too and it, like eventually like it came down to Xavier kind of just saying you know like you know all jokes aside you know, we do this, you know, for the fighting game community, we do this for, you know, the fun of it, for, for video games, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it was a really kind of like heartfelt moment. But it's like within the within the span of that event, it felt like you had watched a wrestling match or like a, the story of a wrestling match because like there was that buildup of the, the first match and the second match a couple of years ago and like their online feud and it kind of led to this. And it like, it was, it was like, I, I was joking about it, but it's very true. Like it's, it was a lot better than a lot of storylines going on currently in WWE, <laughs> which is kind of sad. But at the same time, it was like it was. It's true because like people like were genuinely like. Usually, when you watch the stream chat for events like that, people are cringing and like, oh, this is stupid. When will it stop? But like everybody was like in it. Like they were, you know, cheering and they were like, you know, there was there was like like. Um, eat for like instead of doing fight forever, it was like eat forever. Like it was, <laughs> it was crazy. Like it got really nuts. But it's like you know it was just kind of a fun bridge of the gap between video games and wrestling, which I thought was cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Skim through it and see the, mm-hmm. like you know the highlights and stuff. But it, it was def- definitely worth watching. And yeah, you I know, love like, all the guys. That are involved, um, and in a world where, because of circumstances, we can't actually get a real New Day versus Elite <laughs> match, yeah, at least there's... we get at least we get to watch them goofing on some video games. So that sounds awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, it was dope. It was dope. But um, speaking of storylines that have been, you know, underwhelming in comparison to that, um, but we we do want to kind of talk about. You know, Raw SmackDown. Oh, uh, yeah. NX- oh before NX- before we before we get into that, uh, you know, oh, yeah, to, stay yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. to stay on the video game side, my guy AJ Styles is going to be announced to be the cover of Two K Nineteen. Is it? Uh, oh, really? Out. Yeah. So that's dope. Oh, I didn't I see that. Yeah. Now let's hope the game is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only part right there. You know, mm-hmm. I love AJ Styles, man, but that that fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's, a, it's just more disappointing every year, especially because like they keep adding stuff to it, which sounds cool on paper. Like I think this year they're adding a a woman's my career, which I'm to like, you know, I I would be excited to play that if I didn't realize that or remember that their my career last year was <laughs> super garbage. Yes, yeah. It fucking sucks. Like that, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. I I got I got it. It was the first one I got in a couple of years, and just. Walking yeah. slowly, walking around backstage and just talking to these 
these character models that look like complete shit. And they don't say, and like, I think the worst part is they don't say anything that matches up with their personality. Like, you'll be talking to like Braun Strowman and he'll be like, you know, or like, or maybe not Braun Strowman, like, but you'll be talking to somebody and they'll say something that's completely out of character. Like, they were talking to Peyton Royce and she was like, oh, yeah, Stephanie McMahon is like a beacon of light in this company. It's like, (laughs) no, nobody talks about that. Like, they're just putting over Stephanie for no reason. Is Stephanie writing the game? Does she have writing credits on the game? Because, holy crap. I don't know, but I would be surprised. (laughs) You got got Bray Wyatt telling you, yeah, man, just, you know, go out there and do your best, man. Everything will be all right. Yeah, exactly. You're like, what? (laughs) What are you doing? But yeah, like, I mean, I feel like the moment-to-moment gameplay can be fun. Like, I feel like those games are still fun when you're playing with your homies, like, on a couch. But, um, like, that scenario doesn't happen for me too often. So it's like, you know, I know Fire Pro is coming to PS4, and I know you've been really high up on that game. So I might give that a try, um, you know, in, com- you know, in comparison. Cause, but, you know, if they can fix 2K, then that's great, but I'm not expecting them to. You need so. to stop doing your yearly releases, I think. But I don't think WWE yeah, I, is ever going to do that, or is ever going to let them do that. Like, I, I think it's time for a new developer, new engine, new yeah, ideas. Should, yeah, they need to take a break. They need to completely just take a break and step back and go, what is working, what is not, throw it on the ground or whatever. But I think their contract with WWE is not going to let them. And people keep buying the games because it's the only show in town or whatever. It's the only big wrestling game. That is made, and it's just it's it sucks. Like it's just a cycle of shitty games being made, but it's the only game that's out there, so people buy it, and then that fuels the next shitty game, and it's 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 a vicious yeah, cycle. It's kind of weird, and it's it's unfortunate too because like I genuinely like WWE 13. I thought WWE 13 was yeah, really good, sure. and I don't know what happened. Like you know, I guess when they switched developers between 13 and. Uh, 15 like whenever the 2k thing happened because like 14 was pretty much 13 but um you know with a couple like with a different story mode so i don't even really count that but um yeah like it's kind of unfortunate what's happening but whatever it was was weird with 15 because it was like okay first one on the the new consoles right oh we have to we have to cut a lot of stuff to make it work on the new consoles people are like okay well People kind of accepted it, and they're like, okay, hopefully next year we'll, we'll get back, and it'll be good again. And then I feel like we've been saying, hopefully it'll be good again for the next for the last five years or whatever and stuff. So I don't know what it is. It, it's no yeah. good. It's a bummer. Yeah, it definitely is. But I guess we'll see some of that soon as that uh, gets announced or whatever. But, I do um, think it's cool that AJ is on the cover. That's, I yeah, think yeah, he deserves it. Definitely. I get these games through my job usually. So, I mean, I'm down just to have, you know, his cover, you know, on my shelf. But, yeah, I mean, you know, considering they did, they did Seth last year, right? Like, I don't know who else yeah. you would do this year. Like, I, I think that's a perfect fit for yeah, sure. I agree. I agree. But anyway, so um, brief Raw uh, SmackDown thing. We don't really have to talk about it because nothing happened on Raw and SmackDown. Um, Good, because I did not watch but, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I, I literally can't tell you anything important that happened because, like, it was the go-home show on both shows, but it's it's it was just literally, hey, I'm going to win money in the bank. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And yeah, I'm going to win or is, is whatever. It's it's just been a lot of stupidity. Um I don't think there was anything really notable. If there was anything notable, I apologize, but it's just like I was so tuned out and like I like I tried to 
pick cherry pick stuff but it really wasn't worth it because like really the the, the goal is to get to money in the bank so yeah. um i, I did want to however bring up nxt because nxt is you know still been fine um like they they did a really good job of Bianca Belair kind of building her up, and uh, she she seems to be taking a more prominent role. She had a cool little sassy promo in the back with Dakota Kai, um, and her match with Aaliyah was dope too. Like just showcasing her power and agility and stuff like that. It was really dope. Um, I don't like. Are you have you seen any of Bianca Belair, Ben? Oh uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen some. For I don't really watch that much uh, of the weekly show NXT anymore, just because there's there's a lot of wrestling to watch. Yeah, turns out um, yeah, we we say that every week, man. It's, it's just yeah, hard. yeah, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I thought she was awesome in the um, uh, what's in the May Young Classic or whatever. Like she yeah, was great yeah, at yeah. just projecting her being freaking badass and stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm all in on her for sure. Yeah, like we're we're big fans of her here, but yeah, she seems to have all the tools to be successful and to be like a force to be reckoned with now. Like, and you know, she's finally getting a chance to do more promos, so it's like we'll we'll see if she can hang in that department. Um, she definitely has attitude. Like, I think it's a good a good idea to make her a heel because, like, I feel like if she was a face, she'd just be another cardboard cutout of every other woman face. That's you know in the main roster at least where it's like i'm just happy to be here i came from humble beginnings but now i'm a wrestler and i'm really good at it type of stuff but she's you know she's kind of just like cocky and stuff so i I like how she's positioning herself currently in this new landscape but um the if you do watch any match from nxt though you should watch Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly. It was an excellent match. They did a, you know, like both both dudes. Like I know you're a fa- you know, you've you've seen matches of those dudes over time, but um, yeah, like they they put on a really surprisingly good match on NXT this week, which was really cool. I will definitely check that out. I'm a huge fan of both guys. So yeah, yeah. Kyle, Tell like, and up. I like, yeah, I I told um. Odell before but it's like I'm a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly because he like he has type 1 diabetes I have type 1 diabetes so we have that like connection and mm-hmm. um but like the he he just has a, a way of selling that's super dope and it's like he he makes you believe in a lot of the things that happen in the match like I think a lot of people picked up on that like over over time where you know, he would take bumps and, you know, he would kind of sell it in a very entertaining way or in a, in a believable way, like, or a surprisingly believable way. But he also has, like, an explosive kind of offense that's fun to watch. And Pete Dunne, like, you know, Pete Dunne is just, he's been solid ever since he came into WWE. Like, he's been, I would, like, I think I said this before, like, he's, like, super consistent, like, one of the most consistent people. And I guess it's because they haven't overused him, really. But... Uh, you know, I like how they've kind of kept him in there kind of as like an X factor. Like he kind of gets involved in other people's feuds since like, you know, nobody's really gunning for his title seriously, but um, he's kind of in there because he's tied in with the whole Roderick Strong storyline. So it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, so anyway, um, I, I guess we can briefly talk about Money in the Bank predictions because that's the, the next pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. We have a takeover as well. Like I, I didn't know if you had any uh, matches you were looking forward to on TakeOver Odell. But um, like I know that there's a couple in particular that like I, I feel like TakeOver obviously has the, the most chance to be a, a better show, obviously. I'm going to be but, honest um, with you. 
I, I don't even know the card really. I know I know Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, and, which is most likely going to be crazy. And, uh, Undisputed Era versus uh, what you call it, uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. That's the only, yeah, that's, that's, that's the good. only matches I know. Oh, well, yeah, you, uh, you Nikki got, Cross, you got uh, a Rickish. Yeah, Ricochet and Velveteen. I forgot about that. Which is, I, I feel like for me, Ricochet Velveteen is my most anticipated match on the card next to um, Gargo Gargano Champa. Because, uh, you know, as we said before, like, those dudes are super good. And I feel like they're going to pull out all the stops and, you know, put on an entertaining match. Because, like, I feel like Velveteen Dream has really been trying to prove himself. And, you know, Ricochet, obviously, like, he just wants to put on a show because he just got there. So, like, he's going to, like, the, the, I think this is, is this his first singles takeover match? It's got to be, right? Because his la- the last... So, yeah. Last time was last his first, his first one. actual yeah, match, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's a there's a good opportunity for both of these dudes, and you know, like someone made a good point recently about Velveteen Dream about how his whole storyline is really him feeling insecure and feeling the need to prove himself to his opponents, mm-hmm. and I never really paid attention to that, but it's like it's not it's never been like the focal point of his character, but it is true because. Like, when you think about his feud with Aleister Black or with Cassius Ono even, and now Ricochet, it's like he's always trying to prove something to his opponent. He's trying to get noticed or he's trying to be acknowledged as one of the best. And he's like, has this, you, you have to assume he has some kind of like, uh, like his, 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 like the Velveteen Dream persona is a facade of his, you know, to cover up his like, lack of self-confidence so he has these matches to you know get himself over so he could feel good about himself and i was like that's that's crazy like a meta storyline but it's actually kind of true so it, it makes me interested to see like how they play on that or if that that comes up at all during the match that they have yeah for sure i'm definitely looking forward to that i'm big i'm a big fan of both guys a ricochet has been i've been a fan for for him of his forever, he's awesome. And Velveteen Dream has one of the most interesting gimmicks in the WWE right now, or in wrestling in general right now, I would say. Yeah. He's just yeah, awesome. He's, I, I want to watch everything that guy does. Uh, he's just great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping he doesn't get Tyler breezed. I really hope. Oh, like, 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 he, he, like, he has such a high ceiling, and I feel like everybody in WWE is pulling for him to succeed. Like, he's, he's gotten a whole bunch of seals of approval, and you told me, uh, I think Odell. You told me about how like Shawn Michaels is his like mentor. Yeah, yeah. He picked the, he he Shawn Michaels wanted to mentor somebody like one on one, and he picked Velveteen. Mm. So it's like I, I just hope they don't mess him up. But um, anyway, so yeah, NXT. I, I'm excited for it. I, I think it's going to be a good show. Um, I'll probably watch that tomorrow night. Um, can I, can I uh, then, make a point real quick about oh, NXT? Yeah, yeah. Um. So I, I, I feel like uh, the NX, like you, like Odell mentioned his matches that he he knew about or whatever. One that he didn't mention was the NXT title match. Or whatever. Oh He's, yeah. Hey, we did this yesterday. I, you know what? I, I forgot God, about we that. We had this. <laughs> we had this exact combo yesterday, beat for beat. We did. Just like that. Just like. Like that. it just it, it feels like since. We um, was like we was like I feel like we forgetting something. It was, <laughs> 
it, it's a shame that. because I really like <laughs> Alistair Black. I think he's yeah. awesome. And but it yeah. just feels like the NXT <laughs> title has been de-emphasized on the show where it's supposed to be the main title um, yeah. and stuff <laughs> like like Gargano Ciampa has to main event tomorrow night, right? Like it has to. Of course it's going to um, and stuff. But it, it just kind of bums me out um, a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. I we we were literally talking about this yesterday. Like it's true because. The, the Gargano-Champa feud has, like, transcended the titles. And it's, it's like, easily, like, the most compelling and interesting feud going on on NXT. And I had a theory that they didn't put the titles in it just because, like, there were probably plans to move one of them to the main roster soon. So they didn't want them to win and then have to give up the title right away. You know, like, it would be kind of uh, a waste. But... At the same time, like, yeah, like, uh, unfortunately for Aleister Black, who, you know, we're, we're both Aleister Black fans and stuff, and I feel like Lars Sullivan actually is, is um, pretty good himself, like, you know, despite, like, he, like, he has that lift that kind of, like, is annoying sometimes, yeah. but he's, like, he's a, he's a good big man, like, he, oh. he fulfills that role. And he, he, you know, he, he I he, forgot, like, I, I reminded myself, I was like, yo, remind yourself, he used, like, he, his vocabulary skills is, like, Nas level. It's, it's funny as hell. Like he used some <laughs> word there in the promo. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like he, he actually, like, he, he's surprisingly good on the mic. But, like, the, the thing is, like, they, they, they kind of took Aleister Black out of the picture to put focus on the Gargano Tampa thing, which is, you know, they probably should have done. But in, in Sacrifice, uh, like, Aleister Black's championship reign has felt super underwhelming and they like you know i've they, they've done their best to try to make sure that you remember that he is the champion and blah 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 but like i feel like the majority of the nxt audience is like just more invested for in, in what's not the championship match which is sad but i feel like it's only temporary. Like, I feel like once this, you know, last match happens between Gargano and Champa, like, they'll start, they'll start to re-correct and get the, the, the focus back on the championship. Um, yeah, I, I hope at least so. I hope, yeah. yeah, I hope so, just because I'm a big fan of, you know, wrestling titles should be the thing or whatever. Like, I, I want to see the main title, main event to show. And I like that about New Japan, how they always do that. Um, and stuff and I'm yeah I'm just a big Aleister Black fan like his his match with Almas where he won the title at last at last at the last takeover or whatever that was my favorite match on that show I liked it better than Gargano Ciampa I liked it better than the latter match which Mm -hmm. Dave Meltzer both gave five stars which I think he's fucking insane for but whatever was head point um and stuff and uh, like and I'm looking at this card for takeover tomorrow and I'm like man Aleister versus um what, whatever his name is, a big Lars big Sullivan. man. Yeah, Lars Sullivan. Sorry, uh, I was gonna say Orny Lorkin. I was gonna mix up. It's the whole thing, whatever. But I'm just I'm psyched for that match. I think it's gonna be awesome. They're gonna stiff the fuck out of each other on that match. Yeah, like the, like it, it'll probably be one of those matches where when you watch it, you're like, yeah, this is crazy. Because I think that happened before with um, one of uh, Andrade's matches where like I went in to take over. Being like, oh, it's Andrade, he's good, but whatever. But then that match, I th- was that his match against? Um, I think that was his match against Gargano, the one that I was underestimating. But like, you know, 
pretty much because like the the story was clearly about Gargano and Champa, but he was fighting Cien Alma, so it just I I wasn't as invested. But then you watch the match, and you're like, oh shit! Like they're they're actually like going for it. So I feel like it's one of those cases where you go into it with low expectations, but they have the you know they still have the potential to exceed those because you know at the end of the day it's still Alistair Black and you have you know he's fighting somebody who has built themselves up pretty well lately. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a solid card. I think it'll be a good show. Uh, with Takeover, that'll be cool. Uh, but for Money in the Bank, um, there's not too many matches I even feel like uh, speculating about yeah. because, like, I feel like the fallout of Money in the Bank is kind of more interesting than you know what, what's going into it. But um, I, I gotta I gotta say this real quick. My my boy Dovin, who we had on the the podcast, uh, I think it was after the WrestleMania episode. He, yeah, he yeah. wanted me to say this, like you know, we got to get Bobby Lashley the fuck out of here, and, <laughs> and it's like I say it every week. Me and my brother, we love Bobby Lashley's work in TNA. I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. It's like it's man, it's like mind boggling, and, it, and it's like he should be a heel. He has to yeah, be. He really should have been. He has to be. Like, he should have been yeah. from the get go. Like, like I understand if you want to bring him back and ha- let him get his cheer and let him be face for a couple of weeks, but he should have turned heel a long time ago. He should be the guy in TNA that he was, just a mon like dude fucking murdering people and stuff, and yeah. just like that is that is the whole thing that gave him buzz in TNA was that he was an awesome heel, and that you bring him back and you don't let him do the one thing that he was good at. Like I'm sorry, I like Bobby Lashley, but him as a face is just not that exciting. I don't know. It's not, but, and it's like I don't know why they don't remember the last time where it didn't work. <laughs> exactly. Like he he only headlined the the lowest. Uh, buying like what was it, like the lowest rated uh, pay per view oh of all time with uh, what was it like um, December December to December. to December? Oh my god! What a show! <laughs> Christ! But um, uh, yeah, yeah boy, was... he said he said never trust uh, a, a cat with not one razor bump, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my In... god! No, he's just using that witch hazel though. <laughs> It's oh, a bummer, too, because I, I look at this match that he's in, and it's him versus Sami Zayn, right? And, like, that I, want, I want Sami Zayn to be the underdog face that is amazing versus badass um, heel Lashley or whatever and stuff, but it's completely reversed, and it's all just yeah. in some bizarro land that I don't even know what's going on. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's, uh, exactly. Like, to be honest, I didn't even remember that this match was on the card, so I'm glad you brought it up um odell but it's just like it it is weird because in a parallel universe this makes sense where like you said like you have a compelling storyline like the like what you just mentioned makes a lot more sense to me but you know i you know like they they're clearly putting this match as one of those okay let's watch the face squash the heel and it's supposed to get a cheer but nobody cares so I don't know. Like it just makes it worse because like I feel like for these types of matches you have a whole bunch of people just cheering for the face for no reason, like not even really thinking about what's going on, but you know, hopefully like, you know, the best case scenario we get surprised, but I can't really imagine anyone even really putting any more effort than they have to just because they I think Sami Zayn knows the story is bad. I think Bobby Lashley knows the story is bad. And you know, hopefully, you know, it's yeah. 
not the just, worst it thing. It sucks because they're both great wrestlers, and I like them both a lot. But I, I mean, I can't get excited for it really because it's just like, what the what the yeah. fuck are we and doing here? Just, yeah, like it's just sad to say, like, oh, I'm not excited to see Sami Zayn wrestle. Sami Zayn like, is one of my favorite wrestlers like ever. That. He's yeah, great. I just I don't like saying that at all, but uh, whatever. But um, other than that, like I, I know that uh, you know Ronda's having her second match uh, still doesn't count count towards the Ronda watch, but she's having her second match, her first singles match in WWE against Nia Jax for the women's title on Raw, and um, I'm not expecting this match to necessarily be amazing. Like, uh, you know, hopefully Ronda can get her stuff in. The The build to this match has been really sloppy. Um, but, you know, I'm just expecting there to be some kind of Natalia heel turn where she turns on Ronda and costs her the match or something like that. Um, but, you know, like the, the Ronda stuff has been kind of weird. Like, I, I've been hearing rumblings about... Uh, her being unhappy with the writing or with the story, uh, with the lines they've been giving her. Um, because like they, they made her say some really cringeworthy shit lately. Uh, but other than that, um, like, do you have any expectations for this Ronda match or like, do you do think it's just going to be a mess? Um, um, you go though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my okay. So me and my, me and one of my boys, uh, Jovan, I mentioned earlier, we've been discussing this all week. So we, the conclusion we've come to, and I think it's it's a little too good. So nothing is not going to happen. Uh, we we come <laughs> to the conclusion that Natalia is going to win the Money in the Bank, and she's going to turn on Ronda during the match, and that's that's what we've come up with, and and it gives Ronda a feud with. Uh, Natalia, you know, because they've been playing on their friendship a little too much, and it's kind of eerie. And uh, yeah. also, Natalia is really she's really really seasoned. She's really great, and she can help uh, Ronda in the ring. So that's that's what we've come up with. Uh, but the story is going into it is trash. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I feel like the best case scenario is that we mm-hmm. see Ronda finally start to wrestle on a weekly basis as opposed to just being the special attraction so but you know i like the idea that she's there every week at least or most weeks and she has a segment but you know i'm ready to see her start getting seasoned on tv like you know she needs to start having matches and start you know acting like what she said she was going to be which is just you know like like everybody else on on you know wrestling matches and earning her spot and you know becoming more seasoned because you know i know you know it's great that she had a great first impression and she's been doing okay on her house shows and stuff but you know it's time for her to actually like jump in the pool now yeah i actually gotta give them i gotta give them a little credit just because i'm surprised that they're having her challenge for the title this soon i I, I feel like they could have milked it out longer of just her doing like one match every couple of months or something or whatever like, like fighter stance yeah exactly i mean yeah like she could have they could have easily just made her the lesnar of the women's division which they still could if she wins the title or whatever yeah, but right? oh, sure, sure. yeah <laughs> so who knows she needs, to, but... she needs to win the title so she can take the title away yeah. then yeah. we'll be in business 
yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested in this match. I hope that she does win the title. I feel like it would be a mistake for her to not win the title at all. Like I don't know how you would even. I don't know how you could yeah. justify that. She I mean, should win the the only, title. The, yeah, like the only like she she definitely should, but like I I could see that happening. I feel like that should happen, but I feel like by the nature of WWE, I could see some stupid happening. Like, wait, first of all, Natalia is in the Money in the Bank, correct? She definitely is. Yeah, or Natalia, yeah, she's in it. Okay, yeah, she, because so, she had that weird ass shit when she she beat somebody, and then they asked her a question on the mic. She's like, "You can call me Miss Money in the Bank," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was, yeah, it was like this is uh, whoever writing this needs to be fired, yo. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. But pretty much like Natalia, like I could see them doing something stupid, like she cashes in before the match is over. Like, okay. like I, I don't know why they do stupid stuff like that. Where it's like you would think that they would let well, it, you know the it, match. It worked. It worked, it worked that one time. I mean, it did. It did, it did when Seth won it. But I mean, like. The thing is, when when you do things in that manner, you open up the door of you know to like stupid shit happening around that that could kind of mess up what your optimal plan is. But I mean, I feel like you know it, it'll be interesting to see where they go with Ronda. But I feel like there's got to be some kind of moves being made. So I, I feel like the the end of that match will have to do with her. But let, let's move on because we we're we're talking about it a little bit too much. But <laughs> um, other otherwise, so I guess. Well, just transitioning into the women's money in the bank, I guess we're all expecting Natalia win, to win then. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally would like Becky Lynch to win, but I don't think Yeah, yeah. Happening. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we said it before, but it's like, I'm just a fan of her. I need her to have something. And it's been a while since a face, like a pure face, has had the money in the bank for more than a few hours. So it would be cool, but I feel like... Um, it narratively it's just not in the cards, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't, I don't have a good uh, grasp on who I think is gonna win, but uh, I kind of hope that uh, I would, I would like to see like Ember Moon win, just because I think that would establish her. Yeah. As a as a as a force on the main roster uh, and stuff. I just like an Ember Moon a lot, and I would like yeah. to see her be one of the main players in the women's roster on the main roster. So yeah, so she's like, my mind been building that, her up that too. sounds cool. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And uh, yeah, they, they've been kind of building her up smoothly, smoothly with, you know, victories and, you know, kind of playing her up and making her finisher look dangerous. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, like, uh, hopefully, you know, they at least give her a good spot. If anything, is she going to do the, the whatever she called the eclipse off of, off of a ladder onto Ooh. someone. Oh, man. If she does, she'll probably paralyze herself forever. Yeah, I like I don't I don't want her to do that because that yeah. sounds terrifying. Yeah, we don't need but that. Oh, I feel like it's it? gonna happen. Kalisto when he did the Salita del Sol off the ladder. Yeah. Oh yeah, God, that was crazy. That was still. That, that, I think that's one of my favorite things that's happened in the modern era, like like extreme wise. Mm-hmm. Um, gnarly. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> But anyway, so I, I guess transitioning uh, into the the men's, like, does anyone have any ideas of who's going to win the, the men's money in the bank? Because um, I, I honestly, I'm not going to lie, I really don't have a preference because mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't matter right now, at least. Um, like, because if, 
you know, if someone wins from Raw, okay, you could fight Brock. And, like, what does that mean? Like, does, does that mean Brock has to come back or, or what? I don't know. But then, like, otherwise, um, it's, it's likely that someone will win on SmackDown. But the title picture on SmackDown is kind of, like, you don't really need someone with the money in the bank on SmackDown because you have, a, you know, you have Nakamura clearly in the title picture. You have Samoa Joe on the outskirts of the title picture. You have Daniel Bryan on the outskirts of the title picture. Um, you don't really need anybody else in that, you know, because you, you kind of have it set up already. So, I don't know. I can't really see what they might want to do with that. I, I, I can't take credit for this idea because I saw it floating somewhere in the ether of the internet or whatever, but I want SummerSlam, Daniel Bryan wins the title. Mm-hmm. And then the Miz cashes in on him right after and oh, wins. Oh, the yes. So I want the yes. Miz to win. I want the Miz to win everything because the Miz is the best wrestler ever. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, actually, that's. Yeah, a- I think legit <laughs> for this match, he sh- he should win the Money in the Bank because like that was like if you think back to forever ago, like 2010 or whenever he had it the first time, that was some of the best work of the Miz's career. He's great in that role, um, and I think the Money in the Bank is a perfect gimmick for the Miz. And I just want to see him with the like the Miz has been on fire the last several years, so I want to see him yeah. with the with the briefcase definitely. That's actually a good point. You know, I kind of um, glossed over the fact that Miz is in the match because he is, and I know he's in it, but it's like yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's a good idea. I saw something funny on uh, Instagram just now. Uh, so today is the uh, June fifteenth is the uh, what you call it is the anniversary of Up Up Down Down three years. And the Miz uh-huh. is in the comments, you know, uh, congratulating uh, Xavier. But then at the end, he said, now tell me who's in the match, you know. And I forgot. I'm like, oh, yeah, New Day. Oh, yeah. One of the members of the New Day is supposed to be in the match. And like, <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Like, one, one thing oh, I do yeah, want to mention, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. was hilarious, was the segment where, so, like, the Miz was the guest referee for a match. It was... Who who was in the match again? It was like I want to say Samoa Joe was in the no none of the New Day yeah. was in the match. But... No, 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 no. Yeah, it was Samoa Joe yeah. versus who, who the fuck was it? Damn, see oh. see how much we care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're really prepared. <laughs> yeah, whatever, who cares? It, it, but like Samoa Joe versus somebody else who's in the Money in the Bank, right? They they had the match. And then afterwards, like the Miz ended up attacking those people or whatever. And then he climbed up to the top and pulled down the money in the bank. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to win. I'm gonna, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to be the winner. And he goes down to the announce table and he starts gloating. And he opens up the, the money in the bank. And there's just a whole bunch of pancakes in the, <laughs> in the briefcase. <laughs> and then they cut to the back and... The new days in the back, just cackling, like laughing, like maniacally, and <laughs> Kofi and the are sharing a shirt, and 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 Big E is just laughing, like you know, a maniac. And then the it cuts back to the Miz, and he's mad, and he's like digging through the pancakes, looking for the contract, and he's like, ah. And then he picks up a whole bunch of pancakes, and he starts squeezing them, and he's like, New Day, New Day. <laughs> like it was one of those like one of those like. Old you know, yelling like it was yeah. so stupid, but I was crying. Like it was, uh, it was, it was entertaining. Sounds great. Really yeah, if if it's not the Miz, 
then I'm rooting for one of the New Day um, for sure, just because I love all three of those guys, and I think it would be cool to see one of them hold the title. I don't know, like yeah, one of them holding the title. Yeah, yeah, one of them holding the title with yeah. the other guys is like their backup or whatever. Like, I think that sounds awesome. Uh, just like trading the title, like yeah. that would be super cool. Like, and I feel like they've earned it too. Like, you know, okay. if anyone's could but you know I, I also was fantasy like imagining or i, I don't want to say fantasy book because i don't want this to happen but i was imagining what if they use that as a case to you know cause dissension in the group because like everybody keeps assuming that they're gonna break up the new day one day and i hope that doesn't happen yeah. because i feel like they don't need to but i feel like if they were going to yeah. like it makes sense for them to break up over something like oh well, you know who's gonna cash in what, what happens but i feel like they've you know they they, they don't need to do that because you know whatever but wrestling they do stupid stuff all the time so who knows but yeah um, Fantasy, fantasy booking, like, I, like if one of them gets the title, like, I feel like that's almost perfect opportunity to just not break them up, but just turn them heel again to just have the other two members be interfering in their, in that guy's title matches, which I think would totally, I think could work, uh, even though the new day, new day is so beloved, they're talented enough that they could get themselves over as heels again. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the best things about the new day is like if you like, you know, go back to the the feud with the Usos is like. As silly as they are, they know how to to switch it on you really quick, and like they can get serious, and they know how to bring intensity when it's necessary to make a feud work. So I think that if they, you know, did want to get into the heel aspect, it would be cool. But I just kind of want to briefly mention about how great it is that we don't want New Day to go heel when at the beginning everybody was mad because they weren't heels. So, you know, good, good on them for sticking to their guns. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I think the Miz would be, I think, the, the, most, the, the most optimal pick. Um, for Nakamura AJ, do you have any uh, speculation? Do you think this is when Nakamura wins finally? or? Mm, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to care at this point. I feel like they've fought so many times. And I hate I hate last man standing matches. They yeah, suck. That, I think that was like mm. the one thing we said. We was like, oh man, I hope it's not a last man standing match. And then bada boom, they're you know, just so boring. So like you know, I, I think WWE likes last man standing more than I feel like most people do. And I think I think that like the average WWE fan likes the idea of the last man standing match more than the execution. And I feel like people don't realize that. The execution usually isn't as satisfying as they want because the ending always doesn't feel impactful because you're always waiting. You know, you have to wait ten seconds before it's you know before it's over. So you're like you know instead of having that that explosion of oh he got hit with a finisher one two three it's over it's oh he got hit with a couple of finishers and now I have to wait ten seconds and like realize that he's not gonna get it up when it gets to nine. Yeah, there there's been some great WWE last man standing matches, but most yeah, of yeah. that yeah. It, most of that is from just like the crazy shit that they do and mm-hmm. not because of the stipulation of have, having the ref count to 10 or whatever and stuff. Like I feel like if they want to have people do crazy shit in the match, just make it a no DQ match. Make it a false count anywhere match. Make yeah. it a stipulation that actually makes sense and is not boring as shit when the guy's just going and he's counting and it's bullshit. I I hate the, I hate yeah. those matches. So I'm it's yeah, no. it's a bummer because I love Nakamura. I love AJ. 
I'm not super excited about this match at all. So, and I have no I mean, real feel for who's gonna win. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I wish I could be more excited about it because, like, like I, I generally like heel AJ. I like what they. I mean, sorry, heel Nakamura. I like what they've been doing with the whole, you know, nut shot thing, which was kind of funny. Um, but they kind of have been downplaying it more recently. Uh, but did he get regardless, like party this week? I think so. I, I don't remember. I was kind of like skimming through it. Yeah. Um, but regardless, like I, I do think in order for this storyline to get more interesting, it, it would be cool if Nakamura had it. But, um, you know, because then, you, like you said, you could do the Nakamura Daniel Bryan by, by SummerSlam or something like that. Um, but, you know, AJ at the same time, like he, he hasn't necessarily been doing – poorly like they did give him that pointless segment this uh, on smackdown where they literally said nothing like they just had jerry the king lawler come out to interview him for two seconds about nothing like and there was no attack there was no build it was kind of just like hey i'm gonna beat him because he thinks he's the best and i'm the best and that was it like whatever who cares but um yeah i mean ho- hopefully the match uh does okay i mean you know we'll, we'll see um other than that there's no universal title match uh, like roman he's fighting gender who cares go gender um, Woo, go gender yeah, i mean i feel like <laughs> I, I i think it's fascinating that um you know their experiment i don't know if it was an experiment or not but i do like the idea of people cheering gender over roman and i like i pop for that more so than the match itself and i'm not saying that the you know you know i'm sure like they could put put on a serviceable low mid card match or whatever but i'm just you know whatever like i I could pass on it Mm -hmm. um but yeah other than that i don't know I, i feel like that like that's the majority of the matches that matter um I hope Asuka beats the hell out of Carmella and takes the title because Carmella sucks and Asuka is amazing. So that's that's all of my analysis for that match. But screw yeah. I mean, I, I like I like Carmella on the mic. I think she has a lot of charisma. She's the, a garbage wrestler. She sucks in between the ropes. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. As a, as a, yeah, as a wrestler, no, she's she's not. Good. I have no interest. In, I yeah, I have no interest. Like she, I think she's a, she would be a great uh, valet or manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why her. she was so good before with you know Enzo and Cass. Yeah, exactly. And she was great in that role. And yeah, she's good on the mic or whatever. I just have no interest in watching I, her I match. I hate her laugh, yo. Like I, I like, <laughs> I, I like listening to her talk sometimes. Like I like hearing people talk shit, right? But when she goes that, oh yeah, I'm like, what the? F-? Like, it's, <laughs> it's mad annoying, yo. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, hey, and I, I just mean, I, I love Oscar. I, I love Oscar, and I think she should. I don't know. She should win the title. She's that good. Like, yeah, why not? Like, like, you do that, and then, you know, you could start getting to the, the better matches. Because, like, they do have a lot of um, talent on SmackDown for the women's division, which could, you know, like, I want to see more competitive matches as opposed to these kind of, like, sillier float-around matches. Yeah. Give me a big-time um, Asuka versus uh, Becky Lynch match for the title. That oh, sounds God. awesome. Sign me up. Take my money. That sounds yes. great. Yeah, I'll 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 go watch that. I want to watch that. <laughs> like I I want Becky. Yeah, like I definitely feel like after this feud is over, I feel like Becky needs her time because like 
and I'm a big Naomi fan, and she had her time, and you know, I would it would be cool to see her in the the limelight again, just because I I think she's really under like still underutilized in ring, but um, I, I think more so is Becky, and I I want to see Bet. You know, they've been kind of building her up. They had her win over Charlotte. So I feel like she's in good positioning to be the next number one contender. So um, hopefully that would be the case because, like, Oscar versus Becky, I don't think we've seen really. So Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, any, any other comments uh, that anyone wanted to bring up or is that a wrap? Um, let me see. I, fuck Brock Lesnar. Uh yeah, I, I don't know where he's at. He's like lost, you know. He's in the lost and found somewhere. Bermuda <laughs> uh, Triangle. Yeah, like you know, what's what's the, what's the, what's the chick that flew across the world and was never seen again? He's Amelia Earhart. Yeah. yeah, he's her. Uh, we'll never see Brock <laughs> Lesnar again. He took the belt hostage. He got the belt hostage right now. Uh, other than that, you know, uh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired of these fools, yo. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long episode. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. We missed a lot. A lot happened in the and past. It's crazy week, how WWE tends to like drain our, our happiness. It's like you know we yeah it does. <laughs> if you we listen to this episode, it starts man. off like it's like a roller coaster. Yeah, it's like oh yeah. yeah 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 this happened. Oh man, that was so awesome. And then it's like ah oh, fucking gender Mahal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thrill ride indeed. But I mean, hey, look, like you know, this is this is one of those weird times in WWE where you know, like they they have moments where they shine, and this is just not one of them. Um, and it's sad. Like I think it's made worse by the fact that they have all the puzzle pieces in play, well, in uh, their pocket that they could just like use to make some of the best wrestling ever if they wanted to. But yeah. for some reason, they settle for mediocrity and it's like i understand there's a there's a lane like there's certain aspects about wwe that are that work for them on a different scale or on a different level when it comes to entertainment when it comes to kids or whatever but they could still make a product that is consistently more interesting to watch and it's like they do it with nxt and they, they're doing it kind of now with 205 Live, which has been consistently, you know, good for, you know, you know, ever since the, the, the change happened. So, you know, yeah, we what, know that they're capable of doing why it. Why doesn't my boy Cedric have a title match? At, uh, that's what I was saying. Cedric I was like, or, uh, at, at like, in the Bank. What, what are we doing? I, I didn't realize. Like, I, I, I thought lost. about that. I'm mad lost. Yeah. It, I don't know. But uh, I think, I think. Well, I can't tell you definitively why they are not doing it, but I would like to think that they feel like they could stand on their own a little bit more now, which would be cool. But, you know, because I feel like it's been a while since there's been a 205 match on Raw. So, like, I feel like 205 is kind of existing within within its own thing. But, yeah, to not have a match even on the pre-show is kind of weird. But I guess... You know, they're kind of in between feuds with Cedric right now because I feel like they're kind of setting up Cedric to, um, you know, with with Leo Rush when he comes in. Yeah, um, yeah. And he just had an awesome match with uh, Buddy Murphy a couple weeks ago, um, yeah. which, well, which yeah, is Buddy very good. Very yeah. good stuff. But, yeah, I wish he, I just wish they were able to feature him on, this, on the big show uh, at some point. There's, like, a ton of matches on there. You can't get one Cedric match on there. Nah, Come like, on. Uh, they gotta have 
whatever match. Like there, there's probably going to be a match on there that everybody forgot about. And like, why is this here? As usual, but um, other than that, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, cool. All right, right, yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and get it ready to wrap it up. Ben, man, we appreciate you for joining us. You know, uh, we appreciate the Overslam Overslam group and all that. You know, shout out. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Shout out. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I was. It was a blast. Uh, I loved being here, and uh, thank you both, Odell and JD, and for having me. And uh, yeah, Overslam group. If anybody is a listener of this who's not in the Overslam, it's just a group on Facebook called Overslam, and uh, we we talk we talk wrestling on there or whatever. Just don't be a dick or try to sell us sunglasses, and I will let you in. <laughs> uh, so yeah. For yeah, sure, and I would love to. I would love to come back anytime you guys want me. Um, and stuff is great. Yeah, man, definitely, most definitely, man. You know, or or I was about to say, don't don't try to sell like weave. I've been seeing that a lot lately for some reason. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, man. But yeah, uh, we appreciate you, man. Um, also shout out to my guys in the, in the barbershop mentality group. I know they're those guys are dickheads, so you know don't don't really join that group. Uh, <laughs> but yo, uh, yeah, for my man JD, you know, for my Ben, my man's Ben, you know, I'm old damn Dell. We out of here, baby. Peace. Later. Peace.